Hello there, Disney fans, and welcome to the Disney Involved Podcast. I'm Bright Disney, that's Raji, and there's Mark. This podcast is all about sharing amazing facts you probably never heard about Disneyland, Disney World, and other Disney parks and movies. And let's talk to today. We're doing ten things you pr- you should know about Disneyland. Guys, I'm Mark. I've uh, been a fan of Disney since I mean, as long as I can remember. And uh, I, from my understanding, Bright Disney is a a vault of knowledge. Yeah, that's the that's the uh, the namesake of the the show. And uh, hey, hey, y'all, uh, Raji over here, Disney fan for my entire life. I also have drawn art for Disney. Also a big fanboy, but but at the same time, somehow uh, Bright Disney knows more than I do, which is very infuriating, but also I'm here to learn. So happy to be on. So the first fact, let's just hop right in, is Doritos at Disneyland. The origins of the popular snack Doritos um, have found their place found their place at D- Disneyland restaurant in Frontierland named Casa de Fritos. It's now called Rancho del Zocalo, but originally it was a Mexican restaurant sponsored by Frito Lay, and they would throw out the taco shells. And one day, the vice president of Frito Lay said, "Hey, we should just make them into tortilla chips instead of throwing them away." Put some seasoning on there, and one day, and they were so popular that they're now a snack staple. So, what do you guys have to say? Wait, so, so Doritos started off as just broken up tortilla or broken up taco shells, yeah. And then, then Taco Bell made Doritos tacos. So they just they came full circle there, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They did. But you're 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 like. Bright Disney, like, are you lying to me? Uh, Doritos actually start the brand Doritos, the chip. It actually started at Disneyland. Yeah, in Frontierland, in the restaurant Casa de Frito. Which I know Rancho del Zocalo. I would say, you know, it's it's probably one of the better restaurants there. But Casa de Frito was there before. Okay, it's also one of the more cheaper restaurants at Disneyland. Yo, I just sure you could fill your kids up like whoa on that Mexican food. Yeah, Um, like. What? I'm not what? usually one to fact check people, but yeah, Doritos definitely came from Disneyland. That's that's wild. I didn't I didn't know that, but also okay, like what was was it nacho cheese? I'm guessing it wasn't Doritos as we know it. Was it nacho cheese? Was it I, cool? I doubt it was Cool Ranch. I'm not really sure. Let me do a quick check on that. From I'm uh, actually not sure. I that's think okay. We'll move on to the next. This it could have been cool. I think they were just Cool Ranch. No, because I know for sure Cool Ranch came out when I was a kid. They uh, had Nacho, maybe. then Cool Ranch came out later, so I know it's not that. From what I'm seeing, it looks like it was just regular uh, corn tortilla chips, and then later they added the uh, nacho cheese flavor. There was also taco oh, so it flavor. It wasn't even nacho cheese then. Yeah, it might have oh, been just been taco flavor. That's weird. Yeah. Weird? Have you. Well, remember the tapatio flavored ones that are just divine. They are delicious. I love the tapatio flavors, but we're getting a little oh. bit sidetracked. Let's get to the yeah, number, we are. The number two, uh, Disneyland cats. So Disneyland 
originally had a bunch of cats in the Sleeping Beauty Castle walkthrough when they closed it for a while. And it they instead of like, you know, giving them the axe, they uh they decided to let them free to get rid of all of the the like little tiny mice, sorry Mickey, around the resort. And is that where yeah. the idea for the Aristocats came from? No, 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 it wasn't. Aristocrats. The, ir- the irony of a park that was based on a mouse that yeah. then tries to eradicate the mice is a it's not lost on me. Um you can find them all over th- near the Grand Californian. A lot. That's mostly where they try to hang out. And they basically just stay there for the food. And that's yeah, they cool. were evicted from s- um those cats. There some of them are they are Cast members are welcome to to adopt the cats for free. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it is really cool. I know I know when you I know when you adopt pets in like in real life, they're expensive. Yeah. I am I am curious about the cats. Like, has anyone being that we've all been to Disney a lot, has anyone actually seen a wild cat? I have seen I have seen one cat at the Grand Californian. Like in that, I mean, so in that little pathway from down, like it's it's from when you go out of uh, the entrance from California Adventure by Grizzly River Rapids into the Grand Californian. There's that little pathway to get to the main lobby. There's a little grass area on the side where I saw a cat. You saw a cat. All right, all right. That's pretty wild. Yeah, I've never. I don't think I've ever actually noticed one. Yeah. Well. Well, they only want one mouse in that park. I get it. He's a dominant mouse. What's up next, Bright Disney? What do we got uh, for next? The next I'm, I'm one is the next fact. Club Thirty Three. Club Thirty. So I, I have heard of this, but I don't really know what it is. So it's a private club that is located in New Orleans Squares, New Orleans Square, and the name comes from the address inside the land. And it was originally built for like a business place for like Walt to go if he wanted alcoholic drink in the parks with his business partners. Interesting. And and so is it still just like for Disney execs at this point? No, uh, mostly right now you can actually do it publicly, but it has around a 10 year waiting list. You have to send the waiting list for 10 years. And then it's around, I believe, tw- uh, so you corporate members pay an initial fee of forty thousand dollars and then pay twenty five thousand dollars in annual dues. My goodness. So wow. Uh, I do I do know a little bit about this club. First of all, I would never pay those dues unless of course outrageous. I was very rich. That, that's it, I didn't think it was that much. But Keep in mind that if you know somebody, they can bring guests in. So if you yeah, have somebody that has access guests. to Club 33, I've had two friends in my lifetime that have had access to it that have said, like, hey, if you want to go, let me know. Why didn't you go? And then, of course, you know, natu- <laughs> let me finish. Of course, naturally on the vacation, I'm, like, tweeting them or texting them, like, yo, dude, I'm ready. Let's go. And they're like, they ghost me. So two things. Uh-huh. Get a friend that can bring you in. And second, get a friend that doesn't ghost you. You know, I I kind of have something that's kind of like that. Um, I have a gym membership where I can bring a friend every time I go to the go work out. So it's kind of the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the same thing. Like you 
definitely need yeah except for except for it's delightful at club 33 <laughs> so up until like around like the early 2000s the only place club 33 existed or is like a expensive private club inside the disney parks was at disneyland but more recently they've added one to nearly every park so there's one at animal kingdom there's one at magic kingdom there's one at tokyo disneyland shanghai disneyland and i think there's more coming that's pretty rad but it's still gonna be 40k just to join Plus the ten year wait list. Yeah, that's probably not the ten year wait list because there's because they're newer. Right, but still yeah. forty. Uh, like even if I were to get on that wait list, I just crunch the numbers. I'd have to save like an ungodly amount of money every month just to be able to join. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's so un. Oh, it's darn near. All right, bright. That's a. I feel like that's a really great fact, but it's also so untouchable for all of us. Do we have something else that, like, maybe we could sink our, our hands into that we could do? Actually, do. Um, the next, next one fact? is also in Frontierland. It's the Petrified Tree. And the Petrified Tree is located inside of Frontierland, right next to, to the Mark Twain loading area. Is that that weird rock that's, like, right right near the river? Yeah. Uh, there's a joke among Disney fans, which is, which they just, like, they put in, like, trivia to, like, fool newbies, and it's, what is the oldest attraction in Disneyland? And people usually say, like, an opening day attraction, and they're like, no, you're wrong, it's the, it's the petrified tree. You tend to think that you know a lot about Disney, and then you realize, like, everyone is also just as fanatical as you. Plus, they've got three Disney. So I'm tattoos. actually reading right like, off of. They're much more fanatical. Yeah. I mean, I have a Disney tattoo, and I didn't even know about that tree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's yeah. That's uh, that. What a great birthday gift! Was it a birthday gift, Bryce? So what was it, it was in Walt and Lillian Disney stopped by the Pikes Petrified Forest on July 11th, 1956. So this would have been a year around a year. After Disneyland opened, it was their just two days shy of their 31st wedding anniversary. Oh, that's sweet. That's that's oh, you know, that's some sweet, like nothing like a big rock. Walt ventured you know, in while Lillian it looks like wood. Lillian for your Walt ventured into there while Lillian decided to wait in the car because she wasn't too interested in it. <laughs> I mean, she wasn't you interested in it, and then he's like. You were so, what a perceptive husband. I noticed how uninterested you were. So I got you a petrified piece of wood. That's like, let's be real. Fun. Like, I can imagine the disappointment he in purchased her face. It. When he... he purchased it. <laughs> I know. He purchased it for 1650 which in today's standards is a lot more. Like, like just imagine he's sitting down at dinner. Honey, I got you ver- something very special for your birthday. It's, it's that big rock. That I know you've had your eye on, and she swoons because she thinks she's getting like a diamond necklace or something, and then he takes her to the park, and it's just a, a yeah. big old dead tree, and she's just like, "Walt, Walt, I said what I wanted in plain English." And it was actually, "Where did you mess up? Where'd you mess uh, up here?" Walt was a visionary, but maybe not in that way. And, <laughs> All right, and, let's move on. And in September of 1967, it got put inside of Frontierland. Which I actually think is a cool thing because a lot of people just walk right 
past. I do think, though, if you're one of those kinds of people that just like to chill, like, and we have become those kinds of people where we like to really bring in the atmosphere. We're not about necessarily the attractions, whatever. We just like the whole mood. Yeah. We've done this a lot. We just sit there and we, uh, we just watch, like, the Mark Twain or whatever. And that's when we found out about that uh, petrified wood thing. We're like, what the heck is this obstruction in front of our, our vision? And, of course, it's got a little placard on it, and you can read more about it. So, yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah, I think yeah, it I is think really cool. cool. All right, what else you got for us, Bright? So the next one is the Lily Bell. And the Lily Bell is actually a train on one of the Disneyland Railroad cars. And it is was named after Lillian Disney. And it is uh, sort of a luxury place to sit inside of there. You can ask a cast member, I believe. But you can also, if you do the Walk and Waltz Footsteps tour, you can also you get to go inside the Lily Bell. I think everyone should experience it, and I really want to, too. Okay, so, so right, what you're saying is, like, it's a, it's a train car that's on the Walt Disney Railroad that goes around Disneyland, and this is dedicated to his wife, and it's like a luxury train car? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Mark, are you, is that what you were hearing, Mark? I just have a question. Was this another birthday present that Walt got for his wife that ended up just being part of the Disney park? <laughs> um, I don't think it is. I um, I believe he just wanted to make a luxury area for him and his family to sit inside of the Disneyland Railroad. And he named it after his wife. That's, that's very <laughs> sweet. Walt, I hate trains. Honey, I've got a, I've got another present for you. Is it finally the big rock that I said? No, it's a train car. I told you, I hated trains. Also, anybody can ride in it. It's not just for no, us. That's the best part. I, I believe that okay. I believe that it was once only for Walt's family, <laughs> but now it is available for everyone. Okay, gotcha. so bright straight up, we could go to Disney right now. Go to Disneyland and say, like, I want to ride on that sweet Lily Bell. And they'll let us in? Um, yeah, it depends on the day. But most likely, except for the one fact, Disneyland's closed at the moment. Oh, snap. Oh, right, right. Good point, good point. Okay, but it doesn't cost us any money, and we could, just, we could just get on that thing. This sweet, luxurious, really bad train car. I do, do believe. I do think so. Okay. All right. Uh, All right. The next room. fact is forced perspective. Uh, Disney uses forced perspective in a lot of their things because they don't sometimes, especially in Disneyland, they don't have enough space or enough like height to be able to make things to scale. So they use forced perspective to make things look taller or longer. For example, the main on Main Street, the it looks longer than it actually is because as you go, the buildings get shorter, so that when you're looking from the end of Main Street, it looks like you're going, it's a much longer road than it is. And the castle also, as you get up, the the proportions get smaller so that it looks taller than it is. So what do you guys have to say about this? All right, real quick. Um, I thought it was the other way around. I thought the buildings got taller the further you went. It might be so. I am not sure. I, 
I remember hearing about this, and I think that's the case because yeah. uh, perspective line, if you're used to drawing or art or, or in general being a human, as you look down the horizon or as you look away from you, things will get smaller and smaller and smaller. And that that phenomenon makes you know that things are further away. But if you actually have a building that's getting taller and taller and taller or buildings as it goes away, it actually makes it seem like it's actually yeah. the whole of Main Street, which you're talking about, is actually further away. So I think that's yeah, right. Yeah, I think I it's think taller, and taller, right. and taller and taller and taller. Yeah, but sorry. it's super genius. I've heard about like Disney doing a lot of things like this where like he thinks really outside of the box and does really unique genius things uh, to make the park better. So, so, uh, I heard he's just obsessed with this stuff. So something really weird is that the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad is – actually about a hundred feet taller than the castle at Disneyland. Interesting. Oh. So like oh, I wow. did know about I did know about the 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 main street perspective because I did a project on this in one of my digital design classes like four years ago. And my uh, professor mentioned that I had I ha I hadn't quite grasped what perspective was supposed to be until I showed him a side by side comparison and like was like, yeah, this is this is what it's supposed to look like, man. <laughs> And uh, yeah, yeah. Then he quit. It. He quit his job the very next day because he couldn't handle it. Because you were too good. Oh, just so good at my job. What I was, what I was doing. Yeah. At uh, uh, a boy. At a boy. Yeah. Uh, that's really cool. Cool, bright. I love that fact. That's super cool. Uh. So yeah, it's so interesting to me because you. And so another fact is the Walt Disney World castle is also a lot taller. Uh, one reason. Uh, one thing you'll also notice with a lot of Disney structures and towers and mountains is that they were the they're most likely under 200 feet tall because if they're over 200 feet, they have to require a red flashing beacon for airplanes. So a lot of structures are built just a hair under 200. Uh, right. Um. So wow. if I, if I'm not mistaken, the castle's only like 75 feet tall, isn't that right? Yeah. For uh, for Disneyland. Yeah. Which is crazy because it look because based on this perspective, it looks a lot bigger. Yeah. Oh, it totally. If it you're does. sitting at Main Street or you're even sitting at the the Walt statue with Mickey, it seems huge. And then when you get up to it, like right underneath it, you realize like it's not that tall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Disney Wild. World needs to do this a lot less because their castle is 189 feet tall. Well, I'm sure oh, with wow. with the way technology advanced over the next like, what was it like thirty years before they built Disney World after Disneyland? Years, not nearly as much. Six. It was. Oh, was it really that short of time? Yeah, and it wasn't really that technology advanced. It was that uh, they just didn't have enough money when they were building Disneyland because they had to actually pull out a second. Walt had to uh actually get rid of his life insurance to pay for it and mortgage his house. I love how risky Walt was. Like he just, he just did things so different. He wasn't, he was pretty fearless. Yeah, he was. I mean, no, no wonder all of the presents to his wife were at the park. They were all write-offs for the business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. What else, what else the we got? The next one is uh, about weenies or a visual, like, I forgot what it's called, a visual guide or visual draw. And basically, a visual, Wait, magnet. Right. visual can you, magnet. Can you just 
Can you just say what you said again? Okay. Again. The next one is what is a oh you said weenie. Yeah. Keep going. So it's uh, like uh, the weenie is something that draws you. They talked about in the Imagineering story, which is on Disney Plus. If you haven't seen it, the weenie is the draw. So that like the castle is the biggest one, obviously, because when you're going, when you're at Main Street, there's just something about it that makes you just want to go down Main Street, which helps keeps the crowd flow down Main Street. And so it's 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 just like something that people can look at that keeps them keeps their feet moving rather than having them stop every so often. Yeah, or else the parks would be like very like they're already very like crowded in one area, but they, at least everyone's moving. So yeah, like yeah. the castle's an example of a weenie. It's this idea of like and and did you share the story yet, Bright? Like why it's called a weenie? Oh, so uh I have not. So when they were I believe when they were Filming, leaving the tramp, not filming it, but looking at dogs' movements to get realistic gestures for the dogs and Lady and the Tramp. They, he had a dog named Lady, and she, to get Lady to move, he would use a little hot dog on like a stick to get her to move. And she was, and that's like the same thing that they're doing with the parks. Like they're getting, they're pulling. The castle is that hot dog that they're getting uh, the people to move instead of the dog. Yeah, I love this is this is like another example of like Walt thinking outside of the box is like it's just a regular real life example of like almost like a greyhound running at a carrot or, or a rabbit running at a carrot or a greyhound running at their little whatever they have that makes them race. Yeah. It's, it's a this rabbit. thing that you a rabbit got it. But basically this idea that like he's just observing it in real life. And then he is like attributing this and using this in his parks, which is such a cool idea. I I don't think I would have ever thought about that, but like this keeps people focused on the next destination. So going back to what I was going to say, bright, what you're saying is that it's like uh like the castle is a good example of the weenie instead of just like hanging out in main street and clogging up main street. You're going to keep that traffic flow moving forward. So one, most of the lands have a weenie. Adventureland is actually the only land that was never was purposely never meant to have a weenie because they wanted to have on purpose because they wanted it to be a mysterious land. Yeah, you're like you're in the jungle. Like a lot of times in the jungle, you're kind of like shrouded by all the the rocks and foliage. So that's cool. I love Adventureland. Yeah, Adventureland is probably my favorite land. And to me, there's actually one weenie, and that's actually the Dole Whip. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love and it. And Bangle Barbecue. Okay, real question for you. Dole Whip at Walt Disney World versus the Dole Whip at Disneyland. Tell me more. Dole Whip is way better at Disneyland because they, for a long time, they actually didn't have the Dole Whip. They, they do a lot of different flavors there. Now with Tropical Hideaway in Disneyland, they've added a lot more such as the Orange Door. Dole Whip and other ones, which I, and one, this isn't really a Dole Whip, but in California Adventure, they have the adorable snowman uh, treats with the lemon flavored one. And I really like that one. At Disney World, they have like a Kakamora flavored one. They have a, uh, I know they the one most recently that I saw was a pistachio flavored one. Ooh. Oh, that's, that's not sitting well. No. But I but I will say Walt Disney World Dole Whip. I've never been a huge fan of Dole Whips. Only 
slightly. I think it's so great to. And then I discovered Walt Disney World Dole Whip with pineapple juice and vanilla ice cream. Oh. And it blew my mind. Oh. Blew my mind. Oh, oh. Frick, frick, yeah. Frick, yeah. Oh, oh, so frick, yeah. so let's talk about that. some other ones. Uh, some other ones is I. This one is not really a commonly stated one, but I think the Haunted Mansion can be a weenie. Because so oh, I, sure, yeah, it's a big building. It's a if I yeah, if I could give my input on that, I feel like in uh, New Orleans Square that would have to be the only because I can't other aside from like the island itself, I can't think of anything else that would be big enough or eye catching enough to be considered the weenie there. Well, I feel like yeah, um, big uh, Big Thunder is obviously the one for Frontierland, and Fantasyland yeah, has the castle obviously, and. Of course. I consider Space Mountain for Tomorrowland, right? Space Mountain. Well, for Tomorrowland, it was actually considered. It's actually considered. You know that like big rocket with that has the Pizza Planet sign on it. Yeah. Well, it was originally a ride called uh, Rocket to the Moon, and they re- originally changed it to uh, Mission to Mars later after the moon landing. Which it eventually closed, and now it's Pizza Planet over there. But Tomorrowland is one of those that I think really needs to like, because a lot of places say that the orbit astral orbiter would be the weenie at Disney World because it's way far back and you have to go walk down to get to it. But the at the astral orbiter at Disneyland, I think they need to move it way back to like in the middle, right next to. In between Star Trader and Galactic Grill, and put it up there. But I, I will, I will agree with you on that. I do think that the eye catch for um, Tomorrowland, especially, is is too near to the entrance, so it doesn't give people enough time to move back. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, get them embedded in that Tomorrowland. Okay, we get them deep in there by the Star Trader. Yeah, we spent a lot of time on this one. So let's go to the next one, and that is uh, jingles at on the King Arthur carousel. Like the songs that play? Uh, no, jingles is the, actually the name of one of the horses. Jingles the horse. And it was actually okay. And it is actually was dedicated in I believe I don't know which year. 20 2008 it was dedicated to julie andrews the actor of mary poppins of course in the original oh yeah i can like if you if uh, i looked i just looked it up you, you can see it's got the umbrella on the the haunches and i think there's even a little um mary poppins on it for the uh yeah on looks the like this was for the 50th is that right yeah it was for the i 50th. had no clue this was a thing okay so are there other tributes like this where they've got like a horse I, or like something like the carousel? Does it have any other tributes? Um, surprisingly not. I really want to go in the carousel next time I go and try to get on this. It this was also featured. It was Walt's. The reason it was dedicated was it was also fun fact. It was Walt Disney's favorite horse. Oh, it was this. This was his favorite, and then he painted on the Mary Poppins stuff on top of no, it. Is that no, right? It was painted during the fiftieth anniversary in like two thousand five. Oh, I see this. Okay, awesome. 
So yeah, there was actually a point during, uh, I think it was for the 50th where it was painted gold and it looks like they repainted it with the white for Mary Poppins. In 2008. Oh, I see the difference yeah. here. Yes, on the 50th, they even had a 50 on it. Gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I love it. And Mary Poppins, like I've seen those, I've seen some of the the Finding Mr. Banks or whatever that one is called. Um, Walt worked really hard to get uh, P. P. L. Travers onto this whole thing. Yeah. So, like, to get her to give the rights to Disney. So that's great. That's so cool. Yeah. It. I was just about to say this. This horse is actually featured in the movie Saving Mr. Banks, and he. And when she's, when he's asking her to get on the horse, he goes, "Okay, come take a ride on Jingles here." Oh no way! Okay, that's so cool. Okay, and I remember the scene, but I don't remember it being Jingles. So, so very cool. Yeah, and the next one on our list is the voice actor Thurl Ravenscroft. He is the one. He is a voice actor that has appeared in many famous Disney attractions. He is also the original voice of Tony the Tiger. Ravencroft. That sounds. A, I'm sorry. Fantastic name. So that's yeah. A fantastic name. So uh, his first role in a movie was actually he pay, played Monstro the Rail Monstro the Whale in Pinocchio. He, he, he got his Does Monstro his, even have a voice? I mean it's kind of like what uh Mel Blanc did with all the voices for like Pluto and stuff. So I guess he just started off by making sound effects. Yeah um and then uh, just a year later he did Dumbo being this being the Mr the lookout for Mr. Spork and the pink elephants. He, he, okay. So from the images I'm finding on Google, he looks like, like he looks like one of the, the singing ghosts and he was part of, of a quartet. So he was actually, from, uh, he was actually part of the quartet, Mel the mellow men. And he the, was the, mellow man, the yes. statue of the, the mellow men singing of grim grinning ghosts inside of the haunted mansion. Uh, his statue is actually misconceived to be Walt Disney. Oh, his is the broken yes. one. This is the one, yeah, that I always go through the Haunted Mansion, and I'm like, oh, look, it's a bust. It's like a head of Walt Disney, but it's not. It's a mustachioed gentleman that looks a little bit like Walt named Thurl Ravenscroft. Yeah. That is crazy. So then he played the yeah. he played the card. He played a lot of things, a lot of minor roles in a lot of the early Disney movies. And so that is really cool. He did play uh, Jolly Roger. He played Jolly Roger in in Pirates of the Caribbean. He goes, if you be... Oh, looking, no, wait. It's his... Oh, he's his voices on the ride right now. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's, yeah. If you be seeking adventure in Salty Old Pirates, eh? Sure, you've come to the proper place. Is one of his... Oh, voices. that's his voice? Yeah. Ah, he's everywhere. Now, is this true? I've heard that he's like I thought that maybe he did something with the Grinch. Like so he like the you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Did he do that? Yeah, he uh did the You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch animated song. He did he sung it. So yeah. And, oh, that's uh for, he's got a very distinct deep tones. And I'm looking up a little bit online and it looks like he even at a very young age, before he was like mustachioed, he looks like he's maybe twenty-two. He still had like a very deep, deep voice then. Yeah, uh, his 
my favorite voice he's ever done is the 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 ghost host in the haunted mansion when hinges creaked in doorless chambers. That's him. Okay, throw Ravenscroft and his bust is there. And he actually so cool. plays I, uh, I believe, I can't remember which bird in the tiki room. Uh, it Fritz. I thought it was Fritz. yeah Fritz. Yeah, it's Fritz. Fritz. Yeah. Um, he was also the voice of Paul Bunyan in the. Uh... Oh, that's cool! In the Disney Tall Tales. No way! The animated yeah. Tall Tales. Yeah. I love those. I I, I watch those a ton. That's oh, wow. He's everywhere. He's like, he's kind of like the Mary. The what? You cut out. I'm sorry. Oh, it, it's it's like he's like the Mary Blair of voices. Like he's he's kind of like he permeates throughout Disney parks and Disney movies. Yeah. Uh, from the year 1953 to 2005, he died in 2005, unfortunately. Yeah, he lived he lived to be like 98. That's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's a long life hold on tight boy um so he played all right what's our next yeah one, he played right? the voice of tony the tiger in the you're great or they're great or whatever i don't know i'm not really familiar with that and he also <laughs> oh you're great <laughs> he also played jeffrey the giraffe in toys r us commercials that's amazing no way like he's he basically was our childhood yeah it sounds like he was just but our ours. childhood that's all yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's basically the father that we always. So the final him. fact on the like the list thing that we're doing here is the time capsules at Disneyland at Disneyland Resort. So they have time capsule. I mean, I guess everybody's doing time. How many do they have? So I, I yeah, they yeah. only have two at the moment. So for the fortieth anniversary, I believe. Yeah, it was the fortieth anniversary. Uh, so that would have been 1995, the same year Indiana Jones Adventure opened. And they, inside the time capsule, they buried it right next to the castle. And it has a bunch of stuff such as park tickets for the time and different things such as an, a bunch of Indiana Jones merchandise because that was the new hot ride at the time. So that is really cool. Eh... And it will be unlocked at on the 80th anniversary of Disneyland in July 17th, 2035. I kind of hope to be there. I'll probably still be alive at that point. Probably. Yeah. And then the next one really cool. was, uh, I believe, for the 10th anniversary of California Adventure for the rededication time capsule. It's placed in June 15th, 2012. And contains different things from the time, oh. such as like different collectibles for California Adventure, such as the ride. Bunch of regretful thoughts because of building California Adventure. Yeah. They were completely so, off the so, map. Okay, this is kind of off topic, but uh, look. But that, Bright, what is that Hollywood ride that they Oh, made? Superstar Limo. It was actually Superstar oh, Limo. So basically, it's got a picture of that, and it's like, we regret it. Like, it was horrible. Yeah, and so it was actually. Uh, that ride was actually supposed to be like a super fast ride, but after Prince Diana died to paparazzi, they were like, "No, we're gonna change the theme." Yeah, that's oh, a, that's gosh. probably for the best. That was probably sensitive. That's probably sensitive. Yeah, yeah. I two also two yeah. two other theme parks that I really would have rather had was originally uh, when Disney bought the SS Mary, I believe it's called, which is a 
uh, cruise ship, and they also bought a bunch of land for it in Long Beach. And they were going to build a second gate there, and it was going to be called Disney Sea, which they eventually built inside of Tokyo. Because wow, I'm going, to, I'm going wow. to Tokyo in a couple of years, so I'll go. I'll tell you how it is. Yeah. So also, and then after that idea didn't work out, they were started coming up with ideas for inside of the across from Disneyland in the old parking lot. So the first idea in the one they wanted to do was called an idea called Westcott, which is basically Epcot in the West. Wow, genius. Interesting. And it was going to have, similar to Spaceship Earth and Epcot, it's going to have a huge golden ball with a huge clear layer around it. It's going to, instead of Spaceship Earth, Space Station Earth was the name. And eventually... So they're basically just taking one word and changing it. Ep, West, Space Station, Space, like... Yeah. (laughs) Their naming needs a little help. Well, it was supposed to be a port of Epcot, basically. Right, 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 so, right. I get it. I get it. So, but ended up, uh, at first they were like, no, we don't want to hit the locals. are like, no, we don't want a huge golden ball invading the, the, the like city and it's going to be an eyesore. And so then, I mean, so that I get it. So that instead they were like, okay, let's build just like a tower. That's less vig, let's less like that. So. That then ended up falling through because of budget, and they were just decided to build California Adventure on a very cheap budget. Anyway, the time capsule will will reemerge in twenty thirty seven. So hopefully, we'll all live to see it. Hopefully, so you know, go, thank God you guys for watching this episode of the Disney Unvaulted podcast, and uh, see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Take care, y'all.